Something you probably didn't know about me is that I am responsible for the first use of the Klingon language in the Roman Catholic liturgy. <laughs> was about 25 years ago on the Feast of Pentecost, and uh, our community had celebrated our ordinations the day before, and so one of our newly ordained priests was celebrating his first Mass at our church in New York, St. Paul the Apostle. And as sometimes parishes do on the Feast of Pentecost, they do the various readings in a number of different languages. So we had English and French and Italian and Spanish and Greek and Russian and Latin and Hebrew. And as he was preparing for his first Mass, he kind of jokingly said to me, could you do a part of one of the readings in Klingon? And I said, well, of course I can. And he said, you know, I'm kidding, right? And I said, no, I'll do it. I'm in. I'm in. So I translated it myself. And oddly, there were a number of people in the congregation that recognized that I was speaking Klingon, which is maybe one of those Holy Spirit miracles. Some people thought it was Navajo. I don't know. It was not Navajo. It was Klingon. So there you have it. Uh, because it is Pentecost, though, there's always a great temptation to preach about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's how we know the Spirit is present, isn't it? Because those gifts are manifested. If I asked you to list the gifts of the Holy Spirit, could you do it? If you're part of the church's more theological tradition, you'd probably list those gifts. Wisdom, fortitude, piety, fear of the Lord, courage, etc. If you are more in tune with the charismatic renewal movement, you'd probably list some of those gifts, speaking in tongues, prophecy, healing, interpretation, etc. The uh, second temptation on Pentecost is to preach about the church, since traditionally today is considered the church's founding feast day. Before the coming of the Holy Spirit on the disciples of Jesus, they were a frightened, disillusioned, disorganized band of fishermen, tax collectors, and other sinners. After the coming of the Spirit, they were people with a mission and with the gifts that they needed to accomplish that mission in the face of overwhelming odds. And thus the church was established, and we believe that because the Spirit is still with us, the church still endures. Today, this weekend, and in these days, we need the gifts of the Holy Spirit more than maybe any time in our lifetimes. We are exhausted by this pandemic and its restrictions and its uncertain future. We are horrified and dispirited by our inability to limit the sale and use of weapons that murder people shopping for groceries, children in classrooms, and people in their doctor's office. We're isolated, exhausted, we are afraid of each other, and unable to speak or listen across our ideological divisions. Any sense of a common good has been replaced by a competition and by power. And our diabolical thirst for power doesn't just demonize the other, it makes demons of us. Somehow, in this social, political, economic, and medical crisis, none of the systems and structures that are supposed to help in a crisis 
are doing much of anything. We are terrified and we've lost the ability to engage in constructive dialogue and we no longer have a grasp of the common good. But the story of Pentecost is this. In the midst of their isolation and their fears, the disciples of Jesus were visited by the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit drove them out into the streets and empowered them to speak, to listen, and to understand each other. Suddenly and briefly, the chaos that had prevailed since the Tower of Babel subsided. And the Holy Spirit gave those disciples the gift of speaking every language and gave the crowds the gift of listening and understanding. As miraculous as this sudden communication was, don't miss the content of the disciples' preaching. They were communicating about the mighty acts of God. Today, more than any other era of our lifetimes, we need every one of the Spirit's gifts. We need the talents and abilities and imaginations, the strong arms and the strong wills of every person. To get through this chaotic and sometimes dark time, we need the gifts that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit bestows on every person, on every kind of person and every nation. We will need the genius of our sons and daughters, the courage and determination of our immigrants, the faith of our neighbors of all faiths. We need people of color and LGBTQ people and all the people on our society's margins. To get through this time, we need everyone and we can't leave anyone behind. Not anymore. To get through this time, there can be no more us and them, just us, justice. How do I know this? Because I know there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. Different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. Did you hear that in our readings today? All of them, in everyone. We are all of the same body given to drink of one spirit. The hard truth is we're not going back to the way our lives were before. Time moves in only one direction. And for too many people, the way life was before wasn't all that good or just or equitable. We have things that we miss, things we want to get back to, and people we are desperate to see and embrace. But we can't be satisfied with a society in which our political system is broken, our educational system is broken, our healthcare system is broken, and our justice system is broken, and our environment is broken. And these things didn't just break in March of 2020. But over these years, the extent of their dysfunction has been horrifyingly revealed to us. And we need every one of the Spirit's gifts given to each for the sake of all to bring us to something better. I'm not a utopian, but my faith tells me that there is a golden age for us. It's just not in the past. It's in the kingdom of God, which is always ahead of us, 
never fully in the present, and never in the past. How do we begin? I think we begin like the apostles, speaking and listening to each other with vulnerability, honesty, and charity. That can help us to rediscover the mighty deeds that God is still doing through the work of the Holy Spirit among us. I think we also have to begin as the disciples did in John's Gospel, receiving the peace that is Jesus' gift to us and sharing that gift through the enormous power of forgiveness. We are given the power to forgive sin. Have you ever considered the awesome power that entails? You have the power to forgive. When you're in conflict, when you've been injured or insulted, when you're angry or when you've been treated unjustly, you have the power to change it. It's not easy and it takes a serious act of will. And sometimes it takes a long time to accomplish. But by your ability to forgive someone else, you have the capacity to free yourself and them. Our own sinfulness sometimes makes us want to hold on to someone else's sin and to maintain our own victimization. But God has given us all the power to dissolve conflict, to heal each other's anger, and to move forward by making a choice to forgive. Today, on this Pentecost, let's pray that the gifts of the Holy Spirit poured out on all God's people will lead us towards peace and charity and justice. May we rediscover the gifts in each person that come to us not despite our differences, but because of our diversity. And may we pass through these dark and chaotic times, trusting that the Holy Spirit continues to, to bless and empower and guide us.